Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. In this sermon, Pastor George preaches about preparing the way for Jesus as Christmas approaches. This sermon was originally preached on November 27th, 2022 at Lingostown Life. So let's get into today's message, and uh, we're going to, uh, as I said earlier, we're going to be looking at the life of John the Baptizer throughout this uh, <clears throat> throughout this Advent season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, a few months ago, uh, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about, and uh, as I was as I was listening through my evening Bible reading, I, I, I do the Bible through in a year, and I listen to it uh, every evening, reads to me three, four chapters, and uh, the particular time that it was reading Luke chapter one, I heard words in there that I had never heard before. Uh, I know they're there, I know I've read them, but those words that, that say to us, what uh, what was read when we lit the candle this morning about about John being described as uh, that described John as what kind of a child is this going to be and uh, the uniqueness of John and his life and so uh, that just inspired me to begin thinking about how we can can use this Advent season as a time to reflect on John's life. Uh, as he is the one who prepares the way for Jesus. But we're going to take a look today at the, uh, at the story of John, and we're going to begin at the beginning of his story where uh, we find Zechariah, his father. He is serving as a priest in the temple, and as Zechariah is standing there in the temple, he is joined by an angel. And we pick up with those famous angel words that we read throughout the, uh, the Christmas story. Uh, and it begins there in verse 13. But the angel said to him, what? What does every angel say in the Christmas story? Hey, okay. Every angel in the Christmas story says the same thing. Do not be afraid. And here it's very specific. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Excuse me. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Did you know that there was much rejoicing over your birth? There was much rejoicing over your birth. I I always love the story that my mom told me about the time when she found out that I was going to be born. 
Now, my mom was 42 years old when she found out that I was going to be born. Uh, I don't think they used the term back then, but today she would be termed as having a geriatric pregnancy. Um, I think that starts at 35 now, but that's the, uh, that's the idea. But uh, she told me that, uh, that she just sort of cried when she found out that, that I was going to be born because my brothers, my brother, my oldest brother was 13 years of age, my other brother was 10 years of age, and my mom and my dad had figured they were never going to have any more kids, so they got rid of all the baby stuff. So she tells me the story about how the day came that she found out that I was coming, and uh, she went over to our neighbor's house, and she sat at the kitchen table with Dottie Headings, and she just put her hands in her, in her, in her, put her head in her hands and cried and just simply said, what am I going to do? And uh, here I am. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you sometimes may start with those words, oh, well, my, what am I going to do? But every time a baby is born, there is rejoicing over their birth. Somebody looked in your eyes on the day that you were born, and they asked either themselves or they said it out loud. They said, what is this child going to be? What is this child going to be? You see, the birth of a child is always a time of joy and celebration. Kids, ask your parents to tell them about the day you were born. Ask them to tell you about how much joy they had experienced, how much celebration was going on, because after a long nine months I mean, you have to be filled with joy when you get to this point, because for nine months there's been this struggle, there have been these challenges, and then the promise is born. And that's the way we greet every child when they were born. They are born with an untold promise that lays ahead for them and for their family. And that's exactly the way it was for John the Baptist as well. John was a miracle baby. As, a, as I said, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth had prayed for years, maybe decades, hoping that one day they would be blessed to be the parents of a little child who would run through their home. They had prayed, and they had prayed, and they had longed, but all to no avail. And now, here was an angel standing in the very presence of Zechariah in the temple where God's presence dwelt, and he was announcing, this angel was announcing to, to Zechariah that they were going to finally have a baby. The prayers of all those years, the tears that had been cried, they were all coming to a point of fruition, and there was going to be a baby. Now, I'm sure that Zechariah and Elizabeth would have been content to love on any child who came into their home, but the angel told Zechariah that this child was going to be different. 
This child was going to be different. He was going to be a unique individual. He was going to live in the wilderness. He was going to eat locusts. Anybody here ever eat a locust? I just wonder what they taste like. Nobody here has ever eaten a locust? Good. I don't want any, okay? Um, honey, I'm okay with, but no locusts, okay? Uh, he ran around in some weird outfit, you know. He was going to be a unique kind of a child. But, uh, but isn't every child unique? Isn't every child a blessing in their own unique way? Not only for their parents, <clears throat> but as, as Dan and Melanie said in, in the, in the uh, Advent candle lighting, you know, when a child comes... It brings joy and delight not only to the immediate family, to, to their parents, to, to grandparents, to, to aunts and uncles, but, but, you know, the birth of every child is a time of celebration for the community. Not just like the community of a church, but the community as a whole, because every child represents hope and promise. And that's what Elizabeth and Zechariah are finding out from the angel's message, that this child, John, was going to cause rejoicing for many people because of his birth. Now, we read about it later that, that when John is actually born, that Zechariah was... He, well, he had been silent for nine months, you know. When, when he was face-to-face -face with the angel in the temple, he sort of was like... I don't understand this. And, and, and so the angel said, well, listen, for the next nine months, you just be quiet and think about it. You just be quiet and think about it. We're going to come back and talk about that in just a few moments. But, but he, was, he was silent. And then, and then at the end of those nine months, when John came, his voice came out, and he said some of the most powerful words that we can imagine. We're going to talk about those over the upcoming weeks. But, but as I said, when we get to, to that point in John's story, we find out that everybody in the neighborhood, I mean, this is a miraculous birth. Elizabeth hadn't been able to have any children. Zechariah came back to the village silent. And then when this baby is born, his mother wants to name him John, and nobody can understand why do you want to call him John, because nobody in your family goes by that name. And then Zechariah says, no, his name is John, and his, his, his mouth is open, the silence departs, and Zechariah begins to dis declare what John's purpose in his life is going to be all about, to be the one who prepares the way for Jesus. That's exactly what we're going to talk about next week. But, you know, as we stop and think about today's lesson and this simple account of John's birth, uh, it leads me back to a very simple question that I want all of us to think about as we, as we begin this Advent season. And this is the question, very simple question. Are there people who are filled with joy and delight as you enter into their world? Are there people who are filled with joy and delight when you walk into 
the rue. Now, I, I don't know about any of you, but there are some people in life that when you see them coming down the street, you just sort of want to duck in someplace. Have you, ever, have you ever had that experience in your life? Tell me I'm not the only person. Okay, thank you. I see one hand. I see some nods out there, yeah. There, there are people out there in the world that when you see them coming, it's like trouble, okay? Whether, whether they're going to start trouble or whether they're just trouble, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But then... Then there are those people that when you see them coming, the corners of your lips just go up, you know, and you start to get a smile. And, and there's something warm inside here because when you see that person coming, you realize this is going to be good. I am going to be filled with joy. I am going to be delighted. And, and I don't know what it is, but there are certain people that when they walk into our lives, they light us up. My question for you to think about this morning is, which of those people are you? Which of those people are you? Are you the kind of person that walks into the room and brings joy and delight, or are you the kind of pers person that people just sort of want to avoid? Think about that this morning. Now, here's a deeper question that I want you to think about, and that is, do you even believe that you have the capacity to bring joy and delight into somebody's life? Do you believe that you have the capacity to bring joy and delight into somebody's life? You see, I think we all need to recognize that, that for many of us, we, 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 we sell ourselves short. We don't think of ourselves as someone who can bring joy and delight to people's lives, but we all have that capacity. And I think, I think what we learn from the story of John is that God can use just about anyone. Even a crazy guy that lives in the desert and eats locusts and honey and wears camel skin fur. And if God can use someone like John to prepare the way by bringing joy and delight into people's lives, so can you and I. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, so, okay, pastor, how do I do that? How do I bring joy and delight into people's lives? Well, let me ask you this. How do people bring joy and delight into your life? How do people bring joy and delight into your life? Is it just their presence? Is it, is it just the fact that when they walk into your life, there is something that, 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 is, that is joyful about them? Maybe, maybe when they walk into your life, maybe it's, maybe it's the words they say. Maybe there is somebody who walks into your life each and every day who, who just says the right words at the right time and, and brings joy and delight to your life. Maybe it's somebody who actually brings a present into your life. I, I don't know. You know, we're in this gift-giving season. Maybe we just need to think about the fact that, 
that maybe what somebody needs is a small little token that says to them, I see you. I recognize you. And and there are so many different ways that we can bring joy and delight into people's lives. But you know what the most important way that we can bring joy and delight into a person's life? It's by introducing them to Jesus. You know, that, that's, that's the wonderful thing about this season. It, it automatically gives to each and every one of us the opportunity to, to bring joy and delight. Because, you know, when somebody meets Jesus, they meet joy and delight. They, they, meet, they meet this person who provides hope and grace and love and mercy and kindness and peace. And that's what we need, isn't it? That's what people truly need. And so you can be, you can be the one who prepares the way. And I think it's wonderful. Every, every year when people start putting up their Christmas lights and putting out their decorations, you know, it's just sort of, a, sort of an invitation for all of us to be able to speak up and share what brings joy and delight to our lives? And if that's Jesus for you, well, what better thing to share than the joy and delight that Jesus is in your life? We're preparing the way for Jesus, much like John did in his life, preparing for Jesus. And he did that by, by bringing joy and delight into the world. But one of the most important things I think we need to remember during this season is how easy it is not to bring joy and delight into the lives of people. You know, one of the things that that happens during the next four weeks is that we get crazy busy. Y'all agree? We get crazy busy. Uh, You know, we've just had to feed everybody. We had to clean our house. We had to decorate. Um, we, we will continue to do that for the next four weeks. We will bake cookies. We will, bake, we will make meals. We will, we will do all sorts of things around our homes that will simply exhaust us. Then we will go shopping, and, well, some people will go shopping. Most people today, what, you just buy everything online. We keep, the, we keep the UPS guy happy here. He just drives by every day and drops off the Christmas presents. Um, but there's shopping to be done. There's cards to be sent. There's pictures to be taken. I mean, you name it, there is something going on, right? There are parties to attend. There is work to be done. And in the midst of it all, what we're doing is we are literally exhausting ourselves. And when we start to exhaust ourselves, it's easy, it's easy to get caught up in the trappings and the tinsel of Christmas and miss the opportunity to bring joy and delight to people. We can get so exhausted during this season that rather than preparing the way for Jesus, we sort of put up a barrier. So I want to encourage you to learn a simple lesson from Zechariah's life. 
Now, if you remember in this story, Zechariah is silent for how long? For nine months, okay? Uh, I'm not going to try and encourage any of you to go nine months and not talk, okay? But, but may I suggest to you that during this season, we learn a lesson from Zechariah, and that is that we need to take a time out. If we're going to be able to bring joy and delight to people throughout this season, we need to take time out and slow down. We need to take a time where we just maybe turn on the lights of the Christmas tree and sit there in the quiet of our, of our twinkling lights and just let God do his work. Because, you see, we're no good to anybody. We're not going to bring joy and delight if we're exhausted and worn out. So there's a lesson to be learned from Zechariah's silence. <clears throat> so in these days leading up to Christmas, how you and I prepare the way for Jesus is going to be essential. Because you and I are going to have the opportunity to do that. And it begins by you and I being a joy and delight in the lives of other people. So I don't know how that will happen through you, but I guarantee you that there are going to be people in the next four weeks who are going to need you to be that person of joy and delight. So find the way that God wants to use you and make yourself available just as John became available to prepare the way for Jesus. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Thank you for joining us on the Linglestown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.lingostownlife.org. God bless you, and may you go forth and love God and love others.